today we start a three-week series, Timeless. By the end of this series, we're going to talk about what's really important when we get there. There is something connected in this series that the longer we go, the more it will start popping up a bit, and that's about giving to God. But today, we're going to look at what's important, timeless, what really needs to matter to us in the world that we live in. You know, we live in a world that loves trends. We live in a world that is getting faster, quicker by the moment. We live in a world that if you're technology savvy, you can order a pizza on the internet, it will show up in your house in 10 minutes. Many people now don't even leave their houses to go grocery shopping. Everything is fast, quick, when can I get it? Some of you about five years ago had a phone like this that you really loved. A phone that would slide open. A phone that had a little keyboard that you connect. How many of you in this room still have the flip phone that you use? My son walks up to me and goes, Dad, I need the iPhone 8. I'm like, you need the what? It just came out today, Dad. I'm like, I still like, I just got used to the phone I had. What do you mean something else has come out? We live in a trendy society. I got ready to go on vacation this summer. I wanted to go buy something because all my kids are going to have headphones on and I couldn't find my MP3 player. So I went to Best Buy. I asked for something like this and that guy thought I was from another planet. He goes, you know, sir, you can just put the music on your phone. I said, then how do I answer it when it goes off and the music's playing? So I don't get it. And, and just don't, don't change everything. I remember a number of years ago when I was a kid, some of you remember this. Well, it's probably a young adult. Coke did the unthinkable. They changed their recipe. Do you remember that? We're going to bring out a new Coke. We all cried because we wanted the old Coke back. And what did Coke realize? Some things are timeless. Today, I want us to understand as a church that some things are timeless. In a trendy world, the best things in life are timeless. Timeless. In other words, there are ways to live our lives that will never, ever go out of style. I want us to understand today that even though this world wants us to be quick, be fast, buy things that will help us. I mean, come on. You know what my wife cleaned the living room with last night? Our Roomba. Does anybody got a Roomba? You hit a button, the computer, the robot sweeps your living room. Whatever happened to good old-fashioned get out a sweeper and let it go? Put it in your hand. My son Luke's going to grow up never knowing how to sweep. No, I'm just joking. He has to do it every day. But here is the thing, though. I think we are missing out on things. We're missing out on what's vital in life, things that need to be timeless. In this series, we're going to look at how to live our lives in such a way that it has an important both now and forever. We're going to look at timeless truths that get better and gain value over time, every time. Once we understand why this is important, not only for the future, but for today, it will have potential to impact you, to change you, 
to drive you. And I'm hoping that in the next seven days after this sermon, you will start looking at things, understanding what is important. And to start today, we have to talk about the most timeless thing at all, eternity. What are we striving for every day? What is our goal on this planet every day? What is the finish line? What do you want to get to? What should be the thing on the top of your mind every day? Eternity. Heaven. We're going to look at it this morning. We're going to study it. We're going to understand that it is the place that is timeless. And when we live here on this planet, we need to be focused on it, dream about it, want to be there about it. Here's the first question this morning. What is heaven like? Now, I'm going to say some things today from Scripture that may cause some talk in small groups. I may say some things in Scripture that you may come up to me and debate me, debate with me about today. But the whole question is this. What is heaven like? And the bottom line is this, it is timeless. It is the place that we need to strive to be at every day. Listen to a Gallup poll. Gallup poll showed that 82% of Americans believe in heaven. Did you catch that? 82% of Americans. 82%, you can't get 82% of Americans to agree on everything. And yet, the same 82% rarely admitted they had no, readily admitted that they had no clear understanding or vision of what heaven is going to be like. And in that gap leaves us wondering how can heaven or eternity have any impact on the day? And it's been often said, everyone wants to get to heaven, but no one wants to die. Here's what I want to get through to you today. We are so connected to here. We are so focused on here. Here's not going to be here forever. Here is not what should be vital. Here should not be what drives us every day. What needs to drive us every day is understanding eternity is ahead of us. When heaven is trivialized, our lives can be marginalized. When heaven is trivialized, our lives can be marginalized. We live in a world that wants to make heaven sound different than what it really is. Lots and lots and lots of white fluffy clouds. In fact, in the movies, when people are in heaven, you can only see them from the waist up because they're walking in clouds. We're all being one big room, choir robes on with angel wings. Did I mention clouds? We'll all be singing hymns all day, every day. That's the picture we get of heaven, isn't it? Isn't that what we think heaven's going to be? And in this mental image of heaven, one word comes to mind. Boring. Now you're going, Kenny, how can heaven be boring? Well, have you ever really thought about what heaven's going to be like? I mean, if it's really about singing all day, no offense, Don. That sounds a little boring to me, okay? And I can't wait to get my new voice, though. Boy, I can't wait. 
I cannot wait to be able to sing on key. Wow, that's going to be quite an experience for me. But that sounds a little boring. And then we come to Hollywood. If you ask a lot of people what heaven's going to be like and who God is, they're going to tell you Morgan Freeman. Okay? They're going to say Bruce Almighty. They're going to say heaven is some big white room at the top of a warehouse. And that is heaven. That is not heaven. This is true even if you're not a believer in God. I heard somebody once say, had a buddy in college, or high school, and when I was baptized, I walked up to him, and his name was Billy Brown, and we nicknamed him Bad Billy, because he was. He was a senior in high school, but he was two years older than all of us. That tells you everything you need to know about Billy Brown and his school attendance. And he made a statement like this, hell will be a lot more fun than heaven, at least all my friends will be there. There was a lot of wisdom in that saying. A lot of people think hell is going to be a better place. Why? Because they think that's where their friends are going to go. Now, if you're a Christian, you would never say that statement. But we have our own kind of doubts about heaven. Have you ever done this? God, please don't come back before my honeymoon. God, Please don't come back till I have kids. God, please don't come back till I get to do this, that, everything. What does it matter when he comes back? Because isn't heaven going to be far better than here? How many of you believe heaven's going to be far better than here? Raise your hands. Then why is it hard for us to let go of here? If we all agree that it is better than here, why is it hard to let go of here? And why do we get caught up in the trivial stuff of the church? Why do we get caught up on what carpet's going to look like? Why do we get caught up on how many dinners we're going to do? Why do we get caught up if Kenny doesn't make the announcement you want him to make when you want him to make it? Is that important in eternity one day? No, but we get so focused on here. And I've done it. Yesterday, I sat with a bunch of kids in the gym teaching them a game called basketball. And I hate to tell my boys this, I don't know if basketball is going to be in heaven. And it really hit me. What do I really need to be teaching these boys and girls? So I came up with this phrase for the whole basketball season be great, be good. Be respectful. Have the right attitude. Oh, I forgot E. Encourage. Have the right attitude and then be thankful. I want them to be great. Not on the basketball court. I want them to be great in school. I want them to be great with their parents. I want them to have a great relationship with Jesus. And for a lot of those little boys and girls I had yesterday, that's the only time they're going to hear about Jesus Christ this week is in a gymnasium on a basketball court. Because what's important? Important is understanding not to trivialize it. Important is understanding that in that moment, eternity's hanging into balance for them. It's not about an orange ball. It's not about a drum set. 
It's about every moment we're on this planet, eternity hangs in the balance. And why don't we make it important? Why doesn't it drive us? Why doesn't it get us moving? Because it needs to get us moving. I'm going to say some things today about heaven that you may not like to hear. And I'm going to throw out two disclaimers today. Number one, I'm not a travel agent for heaven. I've never been to heaven yet because I'm still here. I don't know what it's going to be like. I know what scripture tells me. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'm not going to bring somebody up here. I'm not going to read quotes from a book from somebody who had a near-life experience. I'm going to quote to you scriptures from the Bible. And it needs to drive us to be, one of, to be heaven-bound. The second disclaimer I'm throwing out here. When we use the word heaven this morning, we're talking about heaven before Christ returns. There are a lot of debates about how that is going to happen. That's for another series for another Sunday. When we use the word eternity in heaven, we're talking about what happens after Christ returns. And what is eternity going to be like? I don't know what heaven is like now, but I believe there is a place called heaven. But when you look at scripture, that heaven and this earth and the heaven we're going to have after Jesus comes back, it's going to be a tad bit different, a tad bit different. And we're going to look at some misconceptions today. Believers in Jesus will spend eternity in heaven. Uh Uh-oh, Kenny, what are you saying? Listen to what I'm saying. Technically, that's true, but technically it's not. Sounds very controversial, doesn't it? Well, let's look at the first few scriptures we're going to look at today. That's going to help us weave all this together. We're going to start out in Isaiah 65, 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. Are you hearing what he's saying? Are you hearing what God had Isaiah write on paper? That the earth and the heaven that we have now is going to be different one day. It's going to be different when Jesus returns. It's going to be a little bit of a different place. A new heaven, a new earth. To make sure he makes the point, God repeats this in the very next chapter. Listen to 66 and 22. And the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me. So your name and descendants will endure. This new heaven and this new earth will never be destroyed. It will never go away. This earth we live on now, what will happen one day to it? It will be gone. And what Isaiah is saying, something new is coming. Something new will be a place where you will get to hang out forever. The new earth and the new heaven is a monumental phrase. For us to understand heaven, what eternity is like in heaven. It's going to be like we understand what this phrase, new heaven, new earth means. That is really important. This phrase refers to the universe inclusive on earth. The phrase shows up generations later in another book of the Bible, revealing that God is not silent about what he's going to do in eternity. Listen to what Peter writes in chapter 2, verse 13. In keeping with his promise... 
We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Are you understanding what this new place is going to look like? It is a place where sin has no impact and will never be said and will never be mentioned. It is a place where righteousness will be 24-7. It is a place that we will get to be with the righteous one himself. What does the phrase mean? It's having an understanding that Jesus is going to create something for you that is going to be amazing and beautiful. Believers in Jesus will spend eternity on a new heaven and a new earth. Are you catching this? Jesus is going to create something for you and I. And you all know, you've all read scripture about when Jesus comes back, that the people that are with him are going to come back and meet us. And there's going to be something amazing, something beautiful. I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. I'm never going to stand up here and tell you that, that I know all the answers to heaven because I don't. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I know when Jesus is coming back because I don't. But what I understand is that my faith tells me that there is going to be something beautiful for you and I to live in. There's going to be something amazing for you and I to live in. I want to look at a couple of Greek words today. Neos and koinos. Neos and koinos, two words used for the word new. Neos and koinos. Neos describes something brand new, but it's not the word described in the new earth. That word is koinos, which means to restore something to its original intent. So the earth will be this earth, redeemed, restored to its original design. When God first created it, I want you to think about something kind of fascinating. And I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but when you look at that passage and you look what Peter writes and you look at the Greek word he uses, what is earth supposed to be like before sin came into it? Wasn't it a perfect place? Wasn't it a place where God wanted to walk with his people? And what destroyed that perfect place? Sin, Satan. But we all know what happens in the book of Revelation. Satan is damned for eternity. Satan is thrown away. Satan is destroyed. And the winner is Jesus. So this new earth, this new heaven can never be what? destroyed, never be what? Touched, will always be what? Perfect. In a place where what happens? We hang with God, with Jesus. We get to walk with him, talk with him. We get to be there forever with him. And who knows, maybe on this new earth, if it's going to be restored, there might even be a Malvern, Ohio. Isn't that a kind of a scary thought? I don't know what it's going to be like, but what does Scripture teach us? That it's going to be an amazing, beautiful place where God is going to be there with us. I want to look at another misconception. What do you do on what you do on this earth determines whether you go to heaven. 
But once you're there, it's the same for everybody. Did you catch that misconception? What you do on this earth determines whether you go to heaven. But once you're there, it's the same for everybody. Ironically, Scripture teaches the exact opposite of that. Only in faith in Christ and us giving our life to Jesus and being buried with him to receive salvation and eternal life. But the Bible doesn't stop there. It makes a very interesting point. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Jesus. Did you catch that? We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive what is due to them for things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Are you catching what's going to happen? We are going to stand in front of the Almighty One. He also, Paul also talks about in Romans 14.10. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 12.36. In other words, God is taking notes. This can be a bit unsettling, a bit disturbing, a bit disconcerting. The reason it is unsettling because it's supposed to be unsettling. We cannot buy into the myth that how if I, how I live my life now doesn't impact what my life will be like in eternity. That kind of thinking is, an inc is inconsistent with the Bible. Here is the biggest point I want you to get today. This is a timeless truth, and it's coming up on the screen next. The light of this truth every day matters. Write that down. In the light of this truth, every day matters. Do you want to be in that timeless place called heaven? Every day matters. Every day matters. Every day matters that we make an impact on this planet. Every day matters that you and I strive to go to heaven. Every day matters that we do everything in our power to make an impact for Jesus. Every day matters. Every day matters how we live. Every day matters what we do. That is the priceless, timeless thing of a relationship with Jesus. Dream about heaven. Be at heaven. Do everything you can to get yourself directed that way. I don't know about you, but I long for it. I don't know about you, but I understand that every day matters in my life. And I have made mistakes, and I have messed up, and I battle sin every day. Here, here, here is the battle Kenny Thomas goes through every day. Longing to be with Jesus. In this place, trying to grab in my ankles and keeping me here and away from him. How many of you struggle with sin every day? And if you say you don't, then you're not on the front lines. How many of you get angry with your spouse? How many of you just want to scream at your kids constantly? How many of you live outside of what Jesus wants you to do? How many of you can't fight what Satan wants to put in your minds? I'm learning a lot. 
once again in my life. God, God never wants Kenny and Amy to be comfortable. Ever. We have brought this precious six-year-old little boy in our lives. And we are his seventh and final home. Did you hear that? Six years old, and we are his seventh and final home. This world's nasty, folks. This little boy's come with so much little baggage. And you know what jumped out to me? He had a little rough first three days of school at Melbourne. Trying to push buttons. Trying to see how far he could take the teachers. He didn't believe something my son Luke told him. Don't push dad because he'll just show up. Don't push him because he'll just show up. He was trying to hide his numbers when he was taking his blood. He's type 1 diabetic. He's trying to hide that so he could eat the things he wanted to eat. And I'm learning about, a lot about type 1 diabetics. You got to eat the grams that you have or it's not a good moment, not a good thing. So little did he know that on Thursday, I was showing up at the cafeteria. Little did he know that I was going to be there. And oh my goodness, he ate everything that day. Do you know what happened Friday? He had the best day yet. You want to know what Amy and I is realizing? He just wants to know somebody cares and somebody's not going to leave him. Do you understand that's all people want to know? Satan is doing everything they can to keep him on this place and make them think that he's better than Jesus. And we at the church do a bad job of understanding what is timeless, and that is the relationship with Jesus and getting everybody there and stop worrying about how we feel about everything. If you would ask me right now, what is my biggest hiccup being a minister? It's probably 25 years or so of trying to understand and trying to get people to understand it's not about us, it's about Jesus. I I don't know how to get that through to people anymore. Well, so-and-so didn't show up for this. So-and-so didn't know that. I don't like how you're being treated. I don't like this. It's not about you. It's about the one that died on the cross, raised from the tomb, and he's bringing heaven and eternity to you. That's what it is about. It's not about what you can get out of the sermon today. It's about what you can give to Jesus today. That's what it is about. It's about reaching out, doing things, understanding that every moment matters. Every moment matters. Make one decision this week that reflects not the myths about heaven, but which reflects the truth about eternity with God. I want you to make one decision this week that will reflect the truth about eternity with Jesus. You know what? We love to show everybody, hey, Don got a new phone. What do you think the first thing Don showed me today in that little room? Kenny, I got my new phone. He did. I'm, I'm not, he's showing to me right now. He got my new phone. 
It's a Google Pixel. Hallelujah. We got him away from iPads, Bruce. We got him away from the iPhone, Bruce Maley. Bruce is cheering on the balcony. But here's the thing. We love to show everybody our new, our new stuff. I'm glad we got a new parking lot, but you know what's kind of bumming me out about the parking lot? Everywhere I go, somebody goes, man, Kitty, your new parking lot looks great. I don't want to hear that. It's just asphalt, man. It's just lights. What I want to hear, Kenny, your people bringing people to eternity. This Thursday night, 2,000 people's coming into this parking lot. It's not about giving them candy. It's not about giving them free hot dogs and apple cider. It's about giving them eternity. Is that, does that matter to you? Does that matter to you? Is that timeless to you? My whole thing over the next three weeks, is that timeless to you? We had a missionary stand up here last week and talk to you about what's going on in Haiti. We had missionaries in the back from South Korea, from Colombia, telling you about what's going on in their areas of the world that you are helping support when you give an offering every week. You want to know what's timeless? Giving everything you got to Jesus. Are you ready to be timeless? If you're sitting here today and you're not eternity pound, what are you waiting for? If you're sitting here today and not allowing yourself, not allowing God to, t- to have your life and to give your life to him, what are you waiting for? To believe, to repent, to confess, to be baptized, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then to become timeless. There's nothing this world can take. Nothing this world can give you, man. God is going to give you something amazing. And every day you need to strive for it. Every day it matters. 